Hi, my name is Philip Thomas from Urban Nation of Grace Community, Nilai, Malaysia. Today, all over the world, Christians will be celebrating Passover, or some call it Good Friday. The greatest ignorance in the Christian world today is many of us emphasize mainly on the three main events of the year, which is Good Friday or Passover, Jesus' resurrection, or sometimes called Easter, and Christmas. Now, according to the book of Hosea, chapter 4, verse 6, My people are destroyed from lack of knowledge, because you have rejected knowledge. I also reject you as my priest, because you have ignored the law of your God, and I will also ignore your children. Now, when we reject God's word, God does not only reject us as his priests, but God also ignores our children. Now, we are under, or we are considered God's royal priesthood. As 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, it says, By you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. I believe in this Passover, God is resetting our priorities especially our spiritual lives. In other words, God is telling us through his word in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Now friends, it's time and it's now during this Passover. His kingdom must be our first priority. His kingdom must be our top priorities. God, in his grace and mercy, is shaking the whole earth right now to get our attentions. We need to come out of our old mindset of celebrating events created by men to honor God, though they are mentioned in the Bible, but they are not commanded by God. It's time for us to emphasize what is commanded by God first. Today, I wish to encourage the young people of urban nation and all parents not to ignore God's commanded feast anymore. Lest you and your children will be ignored in the coming days when they cry out to God. Your blessings, healings, favor, protection, and your destinies is all related to how you obey and honor God's appointed feast. You don't have to be a Jew, dress like a Jew, follow all the traditions of the Jewish people to celebrate God's appointed feast. The important lesson here is to learn the spiritual significance of this feast and how we as God's people should obey and how he impresses upon us individually. So today I'm going to divide my message into three parts. Firstly, I'm going to speak about the understanding God's calendar, God's season. Second part is understanding God's appointed or commanded feast. And thirdly, my message on Passover. What is God telling us through this Passover? A Passover 
like never before. So first, as Christians, we need to understand that our lives on earth is dictated by two calendars, the Gregorian calendar and the Hebrew calendar. Now, the Gregorian calendar is what we have right now from January to December, the months, 12 months. And all our activities, our physical activities are governed by this Gregorian calendar. Our birthdays, our work, school, our campus, exams, semester break, business activities are all dictated and governed by this Gregorian calendar. Today as Christians, we also need to realize that our spiritual activities are governed by the Hebrew calendar. All events, activities in the Bible, follows, is governed by the Hebrew calendar. Now some of the differences we can know or we need to know is, for instance, our Gregorian calendar. This year is 2020, but according to the Hebrew year, it is 5780. It gives us an in-depth understanding how far we go as we begin to understand the Christian calendar it is 5780. Now, one full day according to the Gregorian calendar is from 12 a.m. midnight to 12 a.m. the next day. But one full day according to the Hebrew calendar is from sundown 6 p.m. to sundown 6 p.m. the next day. The Gregorian New Year falls on the 1st of January, which is also the first month of the year. But the Hebrew calendar, the new year falls between September and October every year. And it falls in the beginning of the seventh month of the Hebrew calendar, which is called Tishri. So the question here is, when is the Hebrew or Jewish new month? The Hebrew or Jewish first month, which is called Nisan, is during March, April. So for this year, the first month, according to the Jewish calendar or the Hebrew calendar, falls on the 26th of March, 2020, which according to the Hebrew calendar is equivalent to 1 Nisan 5780. Now I take you to this understanding of this calendar because when you talk about Passover and we talk about the seven feasts, all is given according to the Hebrew calendar. Passover is the second feast commanded by God after the feast of Sabbath, and it is celebrated on the first month of the Hebrew or Jewish calendar. Now, I've completed the first part talking to you about the difference between the Gregorian and the Hebrew calendar. The second part is, what is God's appointed or commanded feast? Now I'm going to talk about the meaning of this feast appointed by God and not by any institution created by man. Now we need to understand that all this feast, it is also important and we can refer to Leviticus chapter 23 verse 4. It says here, These are the Lord's appointed feasts, the sacred assemblies you are to proclaim at the appointed time.
times. So, right now I'm going to just give you an outline of the eight feasts based on Leviticus chapter 23. And it's my prayer that all believers in Christ, especially individuals, parents, the young people of urban nation, and all the young people out there will learn, understand, and make it known to other believers also about these eight feasts that I'm going to speak about. Because Jesus Christ also kept all of these feasts without fail. Even celebrating Passover on his last earthly night. According to Leviticus 23, I will just tell you what are the feasts called, when they are celebrated, how long they are celebrated, their purpose. What is the tone spirit in which we need to celebrate this feast? And is it a day that we can work or do not work? And do we celebrate as a gathering with our family members? Or can we do it alone? Now I'm going to read this all these feasts just as fast as possible so that you'll just have some understanding about all these eight feasts. The first one is the Sabbath, which is always the seventh day whenever you don't work. And it's celebrated once a week. The purpose is rest and focus on God. The tone and the spirit is joy and peace. It's a day where you do not work. And it's also called for a family gathering or a gathering where you go to church. The second feast is the Feast of Passover. In the book of Leviticus, chapter 23, verse 5, where it's celebrated for one day from sundown to the next sundown. And the purpose is to remember God's deliverance from Egypt and Yeshua's atoning death. And the tone of spirit is victory over bondage. The third phase is Feast of Unleavened Bread. Leviticus 23, verse 6. It is normally celebrated for seven days. The purpose of this feast is to remember the hasty exodus from Egypt and purging of sin from our lives. And the tone of spirit of this celebration is mindful of our sins that need to be purged, confessed. Now, the first day and the seventh day of unleavened bread is considered a time where we do not work. And it is also a day, the first day and the seventh day, where families and churches will gather together to celebrate this feast of unleavened bread. Now, during this time, their families will bring an offering before the Lord, giving to your church on a daily basis. The fourth feast is the feast of first fruits, or the feast, or what I call in the New Testament is resurrection. It is celebrated for one day, and the purpose is to remember Yeshua's resurrection. The tone and spirit is of joy, and even during this time, that individuals bring an offering before the Lord. And the first fifth feast is the Feast of Pentecost, is also known as Feast of Weeks. It is to remember the giving of Torah and Holy Spirit. The tone and spirit is thanksgiving. It is considered a time where you do not work. And is also considered a time of gathering, families, churches. And also during this time, you bring an offering before the Lord. 
The sixth feast is the Feast of Trumpets, or is also called Rosh Hashanah. This feast and the purpose of this feast is preparation for the coming of Messiah and is with a tone of anticipation. It is considered a time where no one works. It is also a time of gathering, holy convocation between families and church members. And also this is a time where you bring an offering before the Lord and the shofar is blown during this time. The seventh feast is the Day of Atonement, also known as Yom Kippur. In the book of Leviticus, chapter 23, verse 26 to 32, the purpose is repentance from sin and remembering Yeshua's gift of atonement on the Day of Judgment. And the tone and spirit is solemn, repentance and reflection. And it also considered a day of no work, a gathering of families, where we bring an offering before the Lord. And we are to deny ourselves, where we fast for one full day, from water and food. The last feast commanded by the Lord is the Feast of Tabernacles or Sukkot. In the book of Leviticus, chapter 23, verse 33 to 43, it is celebrated for seven days and the purpose is our beginnings. Remembering how God provided for us in the desert. So in the New Testament, it is to remember how God saved us the day of salvation, a remembrance of salvation. And the tone of the Spirit is thanksgiving. And normally we don't work in the first day of the seven days. And the first day we'll have a holy convocation, a gathering. And we bring an offering before the Lord on a daily basis. Now during this time, sometimes we can present fruit, palm fronds, woody branches and green branches to God each day. And I've covered the seven or the eight feasts before you right now. I hope you have a basic understanding of God's appointed or commanded feast as I read to you the feast just now. Parents, if you have young children, take it upon yourself to sit with your children and teach them about these eight feasts. It is so important these last days. Parents, your earthly legacy of wealth Prosperity is not enough. Leave your children with a spiritual legacy that their prayers, needs, cries will not be ignored by God when you are no more around them. Don't delay. Do it now, please, while they're at home. This lockdown season, or MCO you call it, is of no accident because God is wanting fathers, parents to minister to your children. I believe God is wanting all Christian individuals, parents and families to reset our priorities during these times of lockdown, MCO, so that God will get our attention. Passover was God's way of dividing or making a distinction between Egypt and Israel, between God's faithful people and the unfaithful, between the saved and the unsaved. Now this part, third part of my message is on Passover. I believe this Passover will be different from all other Passovers. This Passover will be a Passover we need to remember because it coincides with the lockdown, 
that everyone is facing in your cities, your states, nation, irrespective whether you are a developed nation or underdeveloped nation, whether you are poor or rich, whether you are st staying in towns, urban areas, or in the rural areas. God is wanting us to make the choice or decision now. In whose side are you on? On God's side or on the enemy's side? Or neither there nor here? As the scripture in Revelation 3.16 says, So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. I sincerely urge you to take this message seriously. It's time to make a decision. I remember somewhere in February 2007, my director of training in one of the financial institutions that I used to work, in telling me, Philip, you're crazy. Why do you want to leave? That was the time at the age of 42 with my three children. I had a good paying job with, and all the benefits in the bank. And this is the time God called me to leave my career and serve him. It was the most important decision I had to make. God also always reminded me of the words always in John 15 verse 13. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. I find it a great privilege to lay down my life, my ambition, my dreams, so that I can bring this message to you as my friend, that you too will firstly experience the goodness of eternal life like I did, and also to help you to be a fruitful disciple and follower of Christ. The choice you make this Passover will determine your destiny, be it on this earth while you lived or after death. I hope you will choose wisely before we come to the end of this message. If your answer is yes, then pray with me at the end of this message. The scripture on Passover can be found in Leviticus chapter 23, verse 5. It says, The Lord's Passover begins at twilight on the 14th day of the first month. The 14th day of the first month refers to the Hebrew calendar, meaning the 14th day of Nisan, the first month of 5780. Here again, I'm going to divide this message into three parts so it'll be easy for you to understand and follow me. What is Passover? The second part is the prophetic message of Passover this season. We need to understand what is God speaking to us as we celebrate Passover. And the third part will be prayer. This prayer, I'll be praying the prayer of the Passover prayer, the prayer for firstborn. Now the first part, what is Passover? Passover in the Old Testament is remembering God's deliverance of the Israelites from Egypt. In the New Testament, a clear picture of the sacrifice of Jesus the Messiah as the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world in John 1, 29. In the Old Testament, the story of Passover can be found or read in the book of Exodus, chapter 12, verse 1 to 14. Now, I hope that you can read it for yourself. I'm just going to go through this, uh, this message. From this scripture, you can learn that each family is to choose a lamb, a male lamb without defect. The lamb then to be slaughtered on the 14th day, and thereafter its blood are to be put on the sides and tops of the door frames of the house where they ate the lambs. Then here comes God's judgment. 
God strike the firstborn dead, boys, girls, animals, those who worship the gods of Egypt, where there is no blood on the doorposts. But those who believed in God, he will pass over and no destructive plague can come upon them. In the New Testament, Jesus is our Passover lamb. Just as the lamb in the Old Testament without blemish, spotless, Jesus was conceived through the Holy Spirit by the Virgin Mary. As you can see in Luke chapter 1, verse 34 to 37. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 19, it says, But with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. Now as you go into the second part, the question is, what is God's message? What is God speaking to us as we celebrate Passover this season? We need to understand that though the story of Passover in our Bibles are the same every year, but God speaks to us prophetically every year differently or what he wants us to focus on, changes that he requires of us. So in this season of Passover, God is wanting us to take our salvation, our beliefs in Christ seriously than before as i believe his coming is very very soon jesus is wanting us to focus in on, on our individual spiritual condition the most fundamental requirements on every individual can be found in 1 thessalonians chapter 5 verse 23 may your whole spirit soul and body be kept blameless on the coming of our lord jesus christ nowhere in the bible is mentioned how jesus is going to evaluate our wealth, our position, our titles, which churches we attend, which denominations we came from, which ministry we are involved, what language we speak, which city we come from, or state or nation we came from. But Jesus is more concerned of the condition of our spirit, soul, and body in his second coming. Jesus himself emphasized the choices we make I'll be stressing on a few scriptures, and I believe these are some of the areas we need to look into this Passover and to make important decisions. Now, the first one is the scripture on the fig tree that withered, according to Matthew chapter 21, verse 18 to 22. You need to make a choice. You need to live by faith or fear. This coronavirus is just the beginning. You have a choice to be fearful of it or by faith fight it. Jesus' authority was questioned according to Matthew chapter 21, verse 23. Your authority to believe in Jesus, to pray, to preach, to teach about Christ will be questioned. So may I encourage you to be bold, be strong, pray in the Holy Spirit, He'll empower you just like He spoke to Paul in the book of Acts chapter 18 verse 19. Do not be afraid. Keep on speaking. Do not be silent. This is the season that the persecuted Christians, non-Christians, and all nations will be set free. I believe this season where God's judgment is coming upon those who persecute Christians and non-Christians, God is going to expose every level authorities in every city, states, and nation especially those who are involved in child exploitation, molestation, trafficking of children, child rape, the pedophiles, as the cry of the children is too unbearable for God to ignore anymore. Christians don't 
take your salvation for granted anymore. Because in Matthew chapter 21, verse 31, he says, I tell you the truth. It is time to reset your lives and put God first. The parable of the wedding banquet in Matthew chapter 22, verse 1 to 5. He says, don't resist. Reject God's invitation anymore. Don't put aside the call of God upon your lives anymore. Take your faith in Christ seriously. Take your ministry seriously. It's time to make a decision to follow Christ wholeheartedly. Don't be a lukewarm Christian anymore. In the book of Matthew chapter 22, verse 5, it says, Pay attention to the things of God or you will lose your business, your jobs, your wealth, your health. Make the right choices or you will be passed over by Jesus. It's time to take paying your tithe seriously. In Matthew chapter 22, verse 21, Begin to pay your tithes that you will experience God's favor, God's blessing. It's time to refocus where your heart should be. In Matthew chapter 22, verse 37 to 39. It's time to heed the seven woes of God, especially in Christian leadership. Whether you are in the Sunday school, involved with youth ministry, the adult ministry, Jesus put a lot of emphasis on the seven woes and I pray that if you are a leader in a church in a ministry please take this woes seriously the first and second woes according to Matthew chapter 23 verse 13 to 15 it is time for those in Christian leadership that you must change correct your ways the third woe in Matthew chapter 23 verse 16 to 22 the kingdom of God is far more greater than your gold and silver. This is a woe to churches that love money more than God, ministries that emphasize on money more than doing what God has called them to do. The fourth woe in Matthew chapter 23, verse 23. A warning to church leadership which does not emphasize on justice, mercy, and faithfulness. The fifth woe in Matthew chapter 23, verse 25 to 26. It's time to cleanse and purge from all your sins. It's time for Christian leaders to take repentance seriously. The sixth woe Jesus emphasized in Matthew chapter 23, verse 27 to 28. It's time to come out of your hypocrisy and wickedness. The second woe Jesus emphasized in Matthew 23, verse 29 to 31. It's a warning to all Christian leadership, do not murder, crucify, and silence God's sent prophets. Honor them instead. Listen to them. It is time to heed the signs of the last days. The book of Matthew chapter 24, because God is shaking the world. There's so much deceptions, wars, famines, earthquakes, persecution, false prophets, betrayals, hatred, towards each other. Great wickedness and people will be lukewarm in their love towards each other. It's time for Christians to strengthen your faith in Jesus Christ only. It's time to come out of your religious spirit. It's time to stop compromising your Christian standards, which is in the written word 
of God. Friends, I believe that God is doing something here. And this lockdown is no, by no accident. And I believe that this Passover is God shaking us and helping us, teaching us to resetting our lives according to what to the standards of Jesus stood. We need to come out and do not limit ourselves to man's standard anymore. All the fears of God as one important element which is sacrifice. And I pray that you are willing to sacrifice something as we celebrate this feast of Passover. And I pray that God will not pass over you this season. Now we're going to pray this prayer Passover. And I just want you to pray if you are so serious and you want God and Jesus not to pass over you and you have not been, you have not received Jesus as Lord and Savior, then please follow after me this prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, today I come before you on this day of Passover. I recognize I'm a sinner and I come short of your glory. I confess my sins before you and I open my heart to receive you as my Lord and Savior. Today, dear Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you and I pray that you will not Pass over me, but instead, teach me, lead me, guide me, that I will receive eternal life, peace, and your blessings in Jesus' name. Next, if you have prayed the prayer of salvation, and to those who are followers of Christ, please pray these following prayers on this day of Passover. I'm going to pray a, a few different prayers here. So I just want you to join me, agreeing with me. You may say Amen. Praise God. The first prayer will be prayer of sanctification. Then followed by prayer of deliverance. The third will be prayer of redemption. And the fourth will be prayer of restoration. And finally the prayer for the firstborn. Because during Passover, the firstborn was saved. The firstborn of God's children were exempted from death. So I would like to take this time also to pray for the firstborn. I'm going to pray the prayer of sanctification. In this Passover, Jesus will bring you out of all form of slavery, physically, spiritually, your sickness, just like how he brought the Israelites out of Egypt. Father, on this Passover of 14 Nisan 5780, we commit ourselves to a sanctified life, a life of holiness pleasing to you. Your word says to wash ourselves and make ourselves clean, to cease to do evil and learn to, to do well. Therefore, Father, repent and turn from any sin in our lives and wash ourselves with the water of the word, we cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in fear and reverence. 
of you, Lord. Father, we receive your forgiveness now and thank you for it because your word says you are faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thank you that Jesus has been made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification and redemption. Lord Jesus, you sanctify us through your truth. Your word is truth. Today we submit ourselves to your Lord, to you Lord, spirit, soul and body. We commit to change whatever needs to be changed in our lives because the desire of our heart is to be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and fitting for the master's use and prepared for every good work. Thank you Lord and we eat the good of the land because we are willing and obedient. My next prayer will be prayer of, of deliverance that Jesus will free you from all sins and bondages. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come boldly to your throne of grace and present ourselves before you. We stand in the gap and intercede, Lord, on our behalf, knowing that the Holy Spirit within us takes hold together with us against all evils that will attempt to hold us in bondage. We unwrap ourselves from the bonds of wickedness and with our prayers and take our shield of faith and quench every fiery dart of the adversary that would come against us. Father, you say that whatever we bind on earth is bound in heaven and whatever we lose on earth is loosed in heaven. You say for us to cast out demons in the name of Jesus. So we speak to you, Satan, to the principalities, to the powers, the rulers of darkness and spiritual wickedness in high places and the demonic spirits assigned to us. We take authority over you and bring you and bind you away from and the mighty name of Jesus. We lose you and let us go free in the name of Jesus. We demand that you deceased in your manuals now. Satan, you are a spoiled and defeated foe. Ministering spirits of God, you go forth in the name of Jesus and provide the necessary help and to assist us right now. Father, we have laid out each and every one of our salvation, Lord, and our confession of the Lordship of Jesus Christ. We speak of things that are not as though they were, for we choose to look at the unseen, the eternal things of God. We say that Satan shall not get an advantage over us, for we are not ignorant of Satan's devices. We resist Satan, and he has run terror from us in the name of Jesus. We give Satan no place in us. We plead the blood of the Lamb over each and every one of us. For Satan and his cohorts are overcome by the blood and your word. We thank you, Father, we trade on serpents and scorpions and over all the powers of the enemy in on our behalf. And we are delivered from this present evil world. We are delivered from the powers of darkness and translated into the kingdom of your dear Son, Jesus. Father, we ask you right now, to fill those vacant places within us with your redemption, your word, your Holy Spirit, your love, your wisdom, your righteousness, and your revelation knowledge in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father, that we are redeemed by the blood of Jesus out of the hand of Satan. We are justified and made righteous by the blood of Jesus, and we belong to you, our spirit, soul, and bodies. We thank you that every enslaving yoke is broken, for we will not become the slave of anything or be brought under its power in the name of Jesus. We have escaped the snare of the devil who has led us captive and henceforth does your will, Father, which is to glorify you in our spirit, soul, and body. Right now, we thank you, Father, that Jesus was manifested 
that he might destroy the works of the devil. Satan's work are destroyed in us and in our lives. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. We walk in the kingdom of God, with, which is righteousness, peace, and joy. In the Holy Spirit, praise God. Amen. My next prayer will be prayer of redemption, that Jesus redeem us on this Passover. Now let's pray. In the name of Jesus, we take authority over our thought lives. Even though we walk, we live in the flesh, we are not caring on our warfare according to the flesh and using mere human weapons. For the weapons of warfare are not physical, weapons of flesh and blood, but they are mighty before God for the overthrow and destruction of strongholds. We refute arguments and theories and reasoning and every proud and lofty thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God. And we lead every thought and purpose away captive into the obedience of Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. With our souls, we will bless the Lord with every thought and purpose in our lives. Our mind will not wander out of the presence of God. Our life shall glorify the Father, Spirit, Soul, and Body. We take no account of the evil done to us. We pay no attention to a suffering world. It holds no place in our thoughts' life. We are every, ever ready to believe the best of every person. We gird up the loins of our mind and we set our mind and keep it on what is above. The higher things, not on the things that are on the earth. Whatever is true, whatever is worthy of reverence and is honorable and seemly, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely and lovable, whatever is kind and winsome and gracious, if there is any virtue and excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, we will think on and weigh and take account of these things. We will fix our mind on them. The carnal mind, the carnal mind is no longer operative, for we have the mind of Christ, the Messiah, and do hold the thoughts, the feeling and purposes of his heart. In the name of Jesus, we will practice what we have learned and received and heard and seen in Christ and model our ways of living on it. And the God of peace, of untroubled, undisturbed well-being, will be with us from this day forth. Amen. The fourth prayer I'll be praying is the prayer of restoration, that Jesus receives us on this Passover. I'm going to read the book of Revelation, chapter 19, verses 11 to 16, as a prayer. Revelation, chapter 19, verse 11 to 16. I saw heaven standing open, and there before me was a white horse, whose rider is called Faithful and True, with justice and judges, and makes war. His eyes are like blazing fire, and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows but he himself. He is dressed in a robe dipped in blood, and his name is the Word of God. The armies of heaven were following him riding on white horses, and dressed in fine linen, white and clean. Out of his mouth comes a sharp sword, with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He trades the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. On his robe and on his tie, he has his name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. Now I'd like to speak to your parents and the firstborns in every families 
I'm going to take this time to pray for you. So can I just encourage you, if you have any firstborn in your families, so that I'm going to pray this prayer. And just parents, can you just lay your hands on them? On them? And you're alone, young people, you are the firstborn and your parents are not around. Can I just ask you to lift up your hands <coughs> and pray? You don't have to pray this prayer, just agree with me in this prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray and confess your word over every firstborn and surround every firstborn with their faith, faith in your word, that you watch over it to perform it. Lord, today, on behalf of the firstborn, I pray, Father, that I confess and believe that all these firstborn are disciples of Christ, taught of the Lord and obedient to your will. Great is the peace and undisturbed composure of all firstborn, because you got content with that which contained with every firstborn, and you give them safety and ease. Father, I pray that this day you'll perfect that which concerns every firstborn. I commit and cast the care of every firstborn once and for all over you, Father. They are in your hands, and I'm positively persuaded that you are able to guard and keep that which that we have committed to you. You are more than enough. I confess that every firstborn obey their parents in the Lord and his representatives because this is just and right. Lord, every firstborn will honor, esteem, and value as precious their parents for this is the first commandment with promise. And that all may be well with our firstborns and that they may live long and on earth. I believe and confess that every firstborn choose life and love you, Lord. Obey your voice and cling to you, for you are their life and the length of their days. Therefore, every firstborn that are the head and the, not the tail, and shall be above only and not beneath, that every firstborn are blessed when they come in and when they go out. I believe and confess that you give your angels charge over every firstborn to accompany and defend and preserve them in all their ways. You, Lord, are their refuge and fortress. You are the glory and the lift of their heads. As parents, we will not provoke, irritate, or fret our firstborns. We will not be hard on them or harass them or cause them to become discouraged, sullen, or morose, or feel inferior, frustrated. We will not break or wound their spirits, but we will rear them tenderly in the training, discipline, counsel, and admonition of the Lord. We will train every firstborn in the way they should go, and when they are old, they will not depart from it. O Lord of a Lord, how excellent, majestic, and glorious is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory on and above the heavens, out of the mouth of babes and unwind infants. You have established strength because your foes that you might silence the enemy and the avenger. We sing praise to you and your name, O Most High. The enemy is turned back from every firstborn in the name of Jesus in this Passover. They increase in wisdom and the favor of God and man. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now I'm going to close in prayer.
Father, I just want to thank you for this time. And I bring everyone who's been listening to this message. I pray during this Passover, you'll pass over God, all of God our sins, and all infirmities. And I pray, dear Lord Jesus, that you will set us loose, set us free, and bring healing, deliverance, and bless us as you bless those who had the blood of God, Father, on the Lamb, on the doorpost, Father. And I pray, Father, in Jesus' name today, as you are sealed in the blood of Jesus, that we decree and declare your healing and your deliverance and blessing in Jesus' name. Now, if this message encourage you and if you would want to give a love offering, kindly follow the description below. If you feel someone you know needs to hear this message, please share it with them. That they too will experience a spiritual revival. And I pray that Jesus will not pass over them, but bless them, heal them, and deliver them also. God bless you. Amen.